And welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. And today we're joined again by, he's back from the dead, the infamous Rick James has uh, come back to talk about the education system and talking about our students, our precious young little human beings that we send oh, off precious. to the to the now war zone <laughs> that is that is our ontario education system uh hey welcome back man it's uh, good to have you back how are you doing uh, i'm good guys thanks for having me back um i wonder if our little precious kids are that precious after homeschooling them for three months but i don't know i think a few people's oh, opinions have changed if we thought all the riots were bad from social injustice <laughs> of a bunch of people who were cooped up in their in their homes, what do you think is going to happen with all the kids that are going to be unleashed upon uh, hopeless uh, teachers or helpless teachers? Oh, my God. I'm yeah. so happy I don't teach primary. That's all I can say. Yeah, my wife, uh, my wife used to, <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. I was just, I was trying to, um, trying to glean some information from her, what she thinks about this whole thing. And, and I even offered to have her come on the podcast. She might, who knows? I have hope, but probably not. Um, because you and her are in different, um, like you teach high school and she teaches more elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where do we go from here, or what do we? Where do we start? Should I say? Uh, let's start at the Ontario.ca uh, webpage that uh, talks about COVID nineteen reopening schools, or well, we could start there, or you can you can just uh, you can just go off and and tell us what you think right off the bat. Uh, I, why don't we start at the website? We'll, we'll start there. Start at the website. So, okay, I put yeah. it. I posted in the chat. So if you if you're able to see, I know you're on your phone, but anyway. So basically, it goes through find out what to expect as schools reopen for the 2020-2021 school year. Um, talks about elementary schools, kindergarten to grade eight. Elementary schools will be equipped to reopen with increased health and safety standards, whatever that means. Uh, elementary school children will attend school five days per week. Students will be in cohorts, which means they will be in the same group of children throughout the school day. This will limit contact with multiple teachers and a wide variety of classmates. Secondary schools, 9 to 12, um, they will open with increased health and safety standards again. And students will have timetables that will keep them in a small cohort of students. Approximately 70% of secondary students will begin the 2020-21 school year with a combination of in-school and remote learning days. Yeah, it's there's a lot of stuff. There's uh, it says in-person attendance is voluntary for both elementary and secondary students. Uh, the option and school boards will offer remote learning for all students who choose this option. Students may need to pre-register. There's all kinds of crazy stuff here. Like I was looking at uh, self-screening. All staff and students must self-screen every day before attending schools. Like good luck with that. 
uh, adapted school environment. Schools should have signs of reinforced school self-screening, hand hygiene, distancing, and one-way use of hallways. That'll work for about the first day when students notice, oh, it's different here at this school that I've been attending. And then after that, it'll become part of the norm and they'll just wave it off. Signs in bathrooms, hand sanitizer, which will probably run out. Adjustments to entrance and exit practices. Adjustments to the use of playgrounds and school grounds. Are they going to have somebody standing out at the playground, like with a like a bottle of hand sanitizer? And uh, like, the memo we got today was there won't be playground use um, in our board. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, there's just no playground use. Uh, so I, I think they're they're doing their best with what they got. Like, I don't know. Right. Like I've been reading most through most of this, like it talks about masks. Students in grades four to 12 will be required to wear non-medical or cloth masks indoors in school, including in hallways and during classes. I mean, if you if you allow for cloth masks like bandanas and stuff, OK, then maybe kids will be like, oh, look at my cool bandana or do you want to trade bandanas <laughs> like pogs back in the day? <laughs> um Students in kindergarten to grade three will be encouraged but not required to wear masks in indoor spaces. Well, like I've been reading through this over like the last 20 minutes just in loose preparation for the episode. And I mean, it sounds like on paper they tried to think of as much as they could. But like it also sounds to me like they are like – they haven't really thought of that X factor, which is the kids themselves, the dirty little snot carriers that pick their noses and eat them. And and like they don't cough into their elbows. They don't have the same kind of awareness that not even all adults have. Right. Like I, that that to me. And but the problem is, is like, how could you plan for that X factor? Yeah, it. I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head like the. All the stats and everything that are out there, like how, you know, kids don't seem to get the virus and so on. Well, the, all the kids have been home, right? Like they're not the ones going to the grocery store. Like I granted, I haven't actually grocery shopped since this all began. Like my wife, uh, like she's the one that does the grocery shopping. I do other errands and things like that. But um, I essentially became the primary um, care for our child when all this went to shit. So right. she was like, well, I'll do a lot of those errands. You'll do this. And um yeah, like I, our daughter hasn't seen the inside of a, a store in the better part of six months, right? So I, I think that's where it's all skewed is that, yeah, kids don't seem to be getting the virus because when kids are interacting, they're interacting when they're outside playing with, with other kids and whatnot. It's not this uh, confined space inside. And I think that's the risk is like we can get kids to pretend that they understand how serious all of this is, but at the end of the day, yeah, they're picking their noses. They're going to wipe their hands and stuff. Jimmy's going to come home with somebody else's mask because they traded because uh, his look cooler. And like all these different things are going to happen in elementary that I just I can't I, I, I don't envy the position of somebody in kindergarten or grade one trying to put on a brave face and say, I'm going to make this work because ultimately when it falls apart, that's who's going to get blamed. Right. That you didn't right. maintain this in your classroom. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Like. I mean, I saw a photo of uh, one of the plans there was, I guess, in a kindergarten class, they were going to have desks set up that were socially distanced. 
and you're expecting kindergartners to sit at the, these are fucking five-year-olds, four and five, in some cases, six-year-olds who are sit. I see how you're changing your background there, whiskey. It's, <laughs> it's quite entertaining. <laughs> you were on a spaceship. Now you're in a industrial office space. Anyway, but with these kids, like you're expecting five-year-olds to sit at a desk to socially distance with another kid. It's like, I, it's a valiant effort to try and make the thing keep going, make the machine keep churning out, you know, productive citizens. But I don't know. Do you think it's too soon? Like, what do you think about all this? I Listen, I, I love my daughter. I only have one kid right now. And yeah. it was awesome to get to spend all this time with her. But there are days where I'm like, geez, like we need to get you to daycare, right? Like I want yes. to see her interacting with other kids. And that's something that she's only, well, she's one and a half now. She turned one when this all started. But yeah, the thing that really got us was we're like, she's missing all of these developmental milestones in terms of opportunities to interact with kids. And so I understand the the, the push. If you have a six, seven or an eight year old and, and you can see them depressed and missing their friends, like it, it's got to eat you up inside. And, and I, I can understand wanting to get them back to school. Yeah, I think a lot of people overwhelmingly are sending their kids back because they're handcuffed. Like they don't have childcare uh, and you have to get back to work. Like jobs are only going to be so flexible for so long. Right. It's so true. Uh, so I, I think that we have to try something. Uh, and I, I, I'm not critical of that. I think that we need to have some sort of plan in place. And honestly, I think a lot of the measures in the plan, I'm seeing it from a secondary perspective and I see a lot of the stuff. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Like we're going to do one course a week. Uh, like it, a, a lot of it will work, but I think that the risk is. <laughs> I'm sorry for the listeners. Whiskey just put up a background image of a couple of kids sitting around a table. One of them is blowing a snot rag. <laughs> You've been awfully quiet, Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been busy. What are we what are we all drinking here, by the way? I, I forgot to start off with that. I'll I'll go. I'll uh I'm I've got a I've got a ninety-nine again. Um for our listeners who don't know, it's just basically whiskey, a little bit of wine, simple syrup and and uh and some lime. Uh what do you got there, Rick? I just got a Highland Park uh ten. Ooh, nice. Very good choice. Whiskey, what do you got? Your green screen is... <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sterilize them. Yeah, um, right. No, I got I got I got I'm still drinking the straight brandy. Uh, the straight is the brand. Brandy 40. Um, it's... Uh, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm still doing the keto thing, so it's uh, calorie-free. Oh, Real you're doing free. keto? You're doing the keto diet or whatever? Yeah, I lost 20 pounds, Dad. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Happy to hear that. That's great. You've been yeah, awfully quiet I figured, about... Yeah, figured, I figured for my since it's my 40th year on this earth, I might as well look like I know what I'm doing. Oh, did you turn 40? Yeah, in April, yeah, I turned 40. But, oh, okay. Uh, I went to see the dietitians and I tried all the things they said. I said, fuck it. So I bought myself a treadmill and I, I just said, if this, whatever they're telling me to do, I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> 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 
So they said, you need to eat whole grains. So I stopped eating those. Mm. <laughs> what do you know? Eat oatmeal for breakfast. So I didn't eat that. I had eggs. <laughs> I started better losing for weight. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better for you. But anyways, um, I want to talk to, uh, about kids. Um, so the Economist talks about how parallels um, from an economics point of view, kids do need... Um, do need that social interaction. They need, you know, they, they think it's a lost productivity. So you got to look at how the economists think about productivity, that learning side of it. Um, in, in some ways, I agree with them, but I don't think they quantify the risk to public health. Like, because I have my own biases with my kids being, if they get this, they're going to die. They're flat out. Um, so I have my own biases. I, I'm risk adverse. Okay. Yeah, but you have um, a, you have a kid that you have kids that have very very special specific needs as well, right? Yep. Um, so if you you took that side of it, um, and I, I parallel what Rick James was saying, you, you know, did we really quantify this risk really well? But there's another side of it is the, the, the safe space. When we talk about domestic abuse, uh, some organizations are preparing for that onslaught because teachers provide that safe adult to confide in to start that uh, process of really getting, in the, getting them into safer homes. And that, that part is going to happen because they notice a, de- a definitive drop in um, reporting of domestic violence against kids. So... You know that that teacher noticing the bruises and all the and and those processes they might be you know one percent of the cases, but because the the teacher doesn't have contact once they go to school, they're not going to have that contact. And we know you know when you have domestic situations, they can be exacerbated by pro- prolonged periods of of being being together. Yeah. So there's there's that dynamic, um, hmm. and I, I and I think. If I think we underrepresent and underdo the research uh, on uh, uh, children's health, I, I mean, we, we've seen some deaths with kids, but really, for the most part, we've been insulating the kids. Parents are terrified of having their kids sick, so we're not exposing them. And like Rick James said, they're not going to the stores; they're they're they're, they're avoiding uh, that whole piece. Um. So I don't think we've we've fully experienced what happens to children uh, on the mass scale that we're talking about. Um, so there's that side, and then indirectly, Rick James brought up the fact that we're going to see a, uh, a a correlating factor. So our confluence of, of factors is one is we have the kids, uh, poor kids, the family, the the kids that come from the poor homes being forced into school systems. Because the, the parents have to work. It may not be right for the child, but the parents need to work to pay for all the other things. So they're going to go to school anyway. And because they're going to go to school anyway, um, they're not going to get tested because there's a bias there. That, that but may not be answered pr- properly to the best interest of society, but it'll be the interest of the family. So anyways, that, that's sort of, I don't, I don't have a perfect answer. Um, I, what do you I, mean? I, what do you mean? What do you mean by a bias there? So, so if, if you say, uh, my kid getting tested, uh, or he might have a fever. Okay. Right. Okay. So my kid having a fever is an indicator that he's sick. Okay. Your, your protocol is to stay at home 
mm-hmm. okay, and uh, call telehealth and then get tested. Correct. Correct. Okay, so the bias is if I don't have a positive result, I can still put them to school, and then really? I can still go to work. You see how it is? Okay. Because the, a, a confirmation, a confirmed diagnosis is a it costs the money. And there's a bias there, and, 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 and listen, it's not a criticism of, of lower income families at all, but we need to understand that this is there, and they're going to push their kids. They they know there's a high probability of survivability if they go to school, but if they go to work at least half the day. They're going to make half the pay. Mm-hmm. They're not going to lose the whole day worth of pay. And you have to understand these biases that exist. Okay. And we're forcing this onto a, you know, a 30 to one ratio or 28 to one to one ratio of teacher to students. So you understand that there's ability to escape, right? And be, go undetected. So there's, there's a lot of risk here. So yeah. personally, I put, my kids aren't going to school, but I'm set up for it. Yeah. No, you've been setting up for that for months and, and even years. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. There's so much nuance involved. Like, it's it's no no plan is ever going to survive the first, you know, the first stages of implementation. We all know that. Like, it's it's but I do agree with you, Rick, that, like, we got to do something because there is I, I totally agree with you. Like, you have to. We kids for their development, they need that that social aspect. They need to be able to socialize with each other. Like my son is in the same boat as your daughter, you know, uh, not being able to hang out with other other kids and that, all that kind of stuff, right? So it, it, no, it's hard, and I get it. And then there's the the other thing of, you know, people got to work, people got to get paid too. Like it's there are so many different factors. So I mean, I'm not overly, I'm not completely critical of the government for trying to do something even if it even if it doesn't work out i know they're yeah that's that's quite the space you got there that's yeah. pretty good so you, um, check, out, check out the ball pit since you're still talking you got a ball pit that's better oh, set wow. up than classrooms that i've worked in <laughs> that's Holy fantastic shit. So for our listeners, Whiskey is just taking us a tour of his basement of everything that he's done for his daughter. He's got um, he's got a little kid table set up. All the walls got numbers and and oh. and letters on them, and he's got whiteboards everywhere. It's like it's like a truly it's like something you would see out of a movie set, like a kindergarten cop. That's what that reminds me of. And yeah, Rick James, this will blow Rick James's mind right here. Oh yeah, your smart screen. Oh my god. Yeah, it's pretty good. This is legitimately a better setup than uh, a classroom that I've worked in in the past few years. So like, this is are, this is e- this is the EA, EA spot. The teacher right. has their own spot. Yeah, because you have a special circ- situation set up, right? Because you adopted your kids, mm-hmm. and and so you're are you you're receiving some kind of a government grant or how does that work? I have I got a small subsidy. Uh, for to pay their salaries, everything else, everything else comes sort of comes out of my pocket. Okay, I see, I see. So you'll have so, one EA support, or so I, I actually have a business, and I hire, I've hired one teacher and two support workers. 
Yeah. So I, I basically what I do is, is we, we manage them. We, we tell them, you know, this is how we want it to be conducted. Here's your supplies. Um, and, you know, I, I got a managed plan to, to pay for things. It, you know, I'm a geek, so I always have computers and I always have stuff coming in. And then, you know, my when I because I spend so much on uh, child care, um, I get the, I, I take the tax refund and I buy pretty cool shit with it. Right on. That's such hmm. a great setup. It is. It is a really great setup. So the only thing I don't, I, the only struggle I have is getting socialization. But I got two kids now, so we just adopted another one last year, and so they're two peas in a pod. Um, and uh, so that's us. But not everybody's prepared to invest in education. I think that's one of the things you cover, we talked about last time. Is parents have a role in in uh, educating their children because they do. And they, a lot of times they just dump the children into education expecting a better result, but you, you, you're invested. You need to invest fully. And to give you a far, the example of how far I've gone. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Here's a question I got for you, Rick. Um how is this impacting teachers? Um, I would say, honestly, this is going to sound awful. Right now, like, aside from, I think, a lot of stress of people getting worked up about the potential situation, I think right now it's not that bad. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to discount kind of what teachers are experiencing right now in the stress of getting ready for the school year, because teachers also have to make these decisions for their own kids, right? Like are, are they, uh, a lot of them came down to, uh, we had to declare if you want to take a voluntary leave for the fall or not. Um, but you had to declare that, I think it was like a day or two before you had to declare if your kids were going to be doing online or at home learning. Mm -hmm. And so there was kind of this discrepancy for teachers to figure out like, well, what, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to keep their kids at home? Are they going to decide to like, are they going to send them and then go to work? Like they're not sure what the, their situation was either. Um, my experience with, with what's gone on over the summer, it's been a lot of stress leading up to the potential, like the unknown of what the school year is going to look like and potentially like, are you walking into this cesspool of coronavirus? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I have heard of people like that. I know, were teachers that have gone and updated their wills and things like that. Holy um, shit. Just in yeah, that, like, that makes sense. Not like, and not that they're like, I'm for sure going to die, but they're looking at it as, well, it, when, you know, things start to happen, like I want to make sure that everything's looked after and like, if things come about, right. Yeah. Uh, they're being part, pragmatic. For sure. Part of that comes to uh, it. We had a really bad week in June at my school. Um, we actually lost a staff member um, unrelated to coronavirus, just, unfortunately passed away, um, due to a heart attack one morning. Um, and then like two days later, um, a teacher who had just retired the year prior at the school, that's like two blocks from us, uh, actually passed away from a heart attack, like two mornings later. Uh, so I, I think in, in terms of it's a little bit more maybe, uh, at the forefront in my school and that people are seeing, and again, it's not coronavirus related, but they're just seeing that mortality happen and they're looking at it like, okay, well, we got to make sure stuff's in order. Uh, so I think that's been the majority of the stress leading up to this. Uh, that being said, like you can't discount the gong show that from March until the end of June really was. Um, 
And I mean, yeah, we got to work from home. Cool. It was a mess in terms of like people situations. Uh, like we, we had teachers, you know, that have like six kids at home and they're trying to look after their own kids while teach their courses. And, you know, there aren't, there literally aren't replacement teachers to come in and teach these courses if they wanted to take a leave. Uh, you know, th- there were kids that were literally learning from this teacher who passed away. And then literally all they got was an email the next week of like, hi, I'm your new teacher. I guess we're going to carry on with what we were doing. I'm really sorry Shit. this happened. Like wow. in the circumstances of remote learning and in such an emergency situation, like what else do you do? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like our, our staff, for example, like still hasn't had a chance to sort of gather and go through that loss either. Right. Um, like even today when we're at the school, like we're, we're all sequestered into our classrooms. Like you're not going into each other's rooms and that sort of thing. So I, I think in terms of what teachers are going through, um, I think they're a little bit shell shocked about like what went on in from March till June. Cause like things were changing on a daily basis in the grand scheme of things, as everyone kept repeating, like we were still getting paid. So at the end of the day, like we did what we could great. Uh, everyone's been off for the summer I think now, like for me, it really kind of hit the fan today when I got into the classroom and I've, tr- I've tried to be really positive about all of this and like trying to kind of pump up my, the tires of my, my colleagues and be like, hey, like this will be OK. Like there, there are good things about this system, like how it's going to work. You know, a lot of people are stressed. They're going to teach the same kids all day for an entire week before we <clears> switch <throat> courses. Right. And I'm saying like there, there are actually a lot of benefits to this. It's going to be really good for supporting kids like trying to be that positive guy. And then I'm in my classroom and I'm trying to arrange desks. Um, with this one meter physical distancing that magically our numbers become one meter, right? In schools. And um, the best I can do is seat 19 kids, which works really well for my first week's class because I have 19 kids. Mm. The following week's class, uh, based on our collective agreement, I could have 36 kids. So I literally like just have them sit beside each other, I guess, is all I can really do in my layouts. And it wasn't until I tried to do that. And I was like, no, I can figure this out. So I like rearranged things. No, like I really can't do it. Yeah. And I'm bumping into desks and I'm, I'm, I'm physically sitting in a desk. And I'm like, what is this going to feel like with, you know, a, a kid on every side of me, front and back, left and right. Like I'm actually going to really have to like tell my neighbors where I'm sitting, like when I'm going to take a drink of water, cause I'm going to take my mask off so that nobody else does. And I'm looking at it like this isn't going to work. And, and it, it was really until that moment, I'm like, this, this now isn't going to work. I, I see it's not going to work. I tried to be positive about it. Right. And all the other measures. Have you thought, are, are you thought of like putting like a physical uh, divider, like a six foot table on the end? Uh, like that's, that, that's kind of the discussions that are happening right now is like, what, what do we do? Like, do we bring in plexi? Do we like, um, There's a national shortage on that stuff too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Like it went, it went from like $40 a sheet to 238. Yeah. Jesus. And it's, I mean, and I don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm going to get the virus. Like I've, I've got masks up the, the yin yang that are provided by the board. I've got my own right. face shield. I can kind of make a little alcove for myself at the front of the room. Right. I'm stressed for the kids in the class. Like I, I don't know what that's going to feel like for a kid. And I mean, these are teenagers, let alone, you know, kindergartners. Mm. Uh, These are teenagers that are going to have to sit amongst each other for five straight hours with two eight minute breaks in there. Um, And yes, there's lunchtime. So they're going to try to send them out to the field for lunchtime so they can like 
picnic, physically distance and whatnot. But and that's the, great. are those that's eight minute breaks designed for hand sanitization or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's literally so they're going to be rotating breaks. Uh, so they're different breaks for every class. So it's like wow. the school's broken into four zones so that like zone one will have a break here. Everyone can run to the washroom, come back, and then the next class will get to go. Uh, so, so I was going to tell you, so you don't understand how it works, right? So the the probability, it has to do with probability that you're exposed, the, the duration of the exposure. Okay, so if you add up the probability of effectiveness of your mask, okay, so let's say you're, it's, it's 90, 99% effective. Yeah. So there's that 1%. So there's a remote chance means... You, you you will probably be safe. No, you will be safe. Just just I, I need to stress that in the math department um, okay. and the live agent training that I've done. Uh, <laughs> you probably will be safe. <laughs> and, 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 and you need to understand that because, you know, I play with anthrax. I play with some other kinds of critical shit. Um None I would wish on anybody. Um, so probably we'll be safe. It sounds like the play. You remember Robin Williams did a joke. It's like this, like they're going to strap you to a chair, put a little lead bib over your balls, and they're going to hide behind a cement wall and say, you'll be fine. <laughs> totally safe. <laughs> you'll probably be safe. <laughs> no, 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 that's a valid point because it's cumulative. Okay. So it's the duration of the exposure part that you need to understand. So if one person is sick for the entire day, okay, and he's coughing and he's ex- excelling, even if your thing is 99% effective, there's still that 1% repeating itself every second. Yep. Okay? I did and not think of it same, Okay? So you, you need to, the duration of the exposure is really long. You could have, like, almost perfect shit, okay? But almost perfect doesn't mean perfect. And... Just understand that part. So then that raises a question. Are they are they hiring more janitorial staff to be on high alert throughout the eight hour period of the day where like, you know, when you have a transition of uh, say there's like a period of transition between one classroom going to the bathroom and there's like a five minute gap or a 10 minute gap where janitorial staff rush in like a bunch of NASCAR uh, support people basically going in to polish all the the toilet seats down and making sure everything's all nice and clean and and sanitized. And then they get out and then the next classroom bunch goes in and then they just rinse and repeat. Is that how it's going to work or have they not? That's the plan. Yes. Really? Uh, Like it's uh, it, it was like that. We had a locker clean out day in June Um, so we had to come in for a day and staff had to like monitor tables and stuff. And that's literally what happened was like custodians would come along, sanitize the table after you got everything out. And then before the next person sat down and they would like put a thing on the table that said it's been sanitized for the next person to sit down. So Um, they are actually hiring more there. There's funding been made available for hiring of more janitorial staff. Is that how it's worked? That's probably a contentious point um okay. there, there's been some i my understanding is there has been some additional hires um so obviously some funding has been released now that there's a question of is there enough still in terms of like uh custodians are a really weird contract and that like they're on a good day they get like five minutes per classroom per day um so <laughs> yeah 
like and so i mean it it we do everything we can to help right like we're not allowed to do the work of another union but we get the kids to stack their chairs in the back of the room at the end of the day clean the desks off so that custodians can come through and like wipe all wipe everything down all that jazz easy access yeah preparation Uh, got it but then like when the pandemic sets in like we're getting emails today of things like actually you can't stack the chairs at the back of the room because we want the same kids sitting in the same chair and the same chair at the same desk all week and you can't guarantee that you have a system in place to put the exact chair okay i get it right so it's stuff like that that we probably they've hired more custodians we probably don't have enough uh but i think what you're hearing from the government it's surprise probably a lot of smoke and mirrors um like they've hired 500 public health nurses to work in the schools which sounds amazing except that we have 5,000 schools so that's one public health nurse for two and a half hours or three hours per school per week that's it which is, I mean, it's better than nothing. We don't have a nurse in the school normally, but if that nurse shows up Monday morning to check over things and then isn't back until the following Monday, you could have a full-blown outbreak in your school by the time that's done, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, again, it kind of goes along with the same impetus to want to have larger class sizes, which is a clear mistake. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's it's half. It almost sounds like a half measure to try and maximize what maximize efficiency and lower costs. Uh, I don't, I don't I know. I think so. Um, I, there was discussion of maybe like the, the early plans might have suggested that. Uh, and I think this is what's happening in like the designated boards, because it's, it's probably a point that's missed. There is a list of boards that are getting um instruction one way and those are the boards with health units where there have been higher levels of cases Mm. and then in a non-designated boards like i'm i'm in a non-designated board outside of the gta so we're full bore everyone's at school in the designated boards it's half the time they're in school right so one of the discussions was could we have half the kids come to school for one week and they come in and then at the end on the friday you say okay here's your online work for next week this is what you're going to go home and practice now and then we get a different group of kids coming in the next week. But we it would allow us to have half the class sizes that we currently have. Um, where it becomes a sticky situation is then in our collective agreement, you're technically teaching more kids. And like there's it, it becomes challenging because you're really doing twice the work with half the kids, uh, which doesn't equate to doing the same amount of work. Mm. Uh, so I don't really I think I think that would be a safer model. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's more work, but I think I would be willing to do that rather than what we're faced with next week. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it just, I, the, it, you, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Like the class size thing is the issue really. It really is like, and, but that's been an issue before COVID and it's something that we've talked about. Uh, like last time we talked was what, eight months ago or so. And it was, uh, and we were we were talking about even sending whiskey and I down to go and talk about podcasting in front of kids, and we were gonna yeah. do a big thing, and then COVID hit, and oh, forget that. Um, <laughs> it was uh, funny because I was like, I was worried because I was sitting in Edmonton, going, "Hey, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna make or keep her promise here. We gotta figure something out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, <laughs> thank God for COVID, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but because well, it, uh, it was back-to-back travel right so yeah, yeah. no I, I get it yes, i get it uh, I'm, I'm just poking fun um 
so but what about okay what about you yourself rick i mean you like we were i was asking about teachers but like you yourself um have you had to like for example have you had to what have you had to tell your parents like are you Uh, are you distancing yourself from them now or so I actually got off the phone with them tonight and uh, like we, we had that conversation because uh, their thing was they called us and they're like, yeah, like we we've talked about it and we're going to like we're um, they've really only like our bubble has been uh, my brother and sister in law, their child's and then my family and my parents kind of thing. Right. Um, and that's kind of worked really well for most of the summer. And they said, well, we're going to really like we're not even going to do socially distanced visits with anybody like because we want to be available for both of you guys if um like if, if one of your kids gets sick, like because uh, my sister-in-law is a teacher as well in another board and, and um, uh, my wife's a, a, a nurse and uh, my brother works um, in uh, he does prisoner transfers from jail. So we're all kind of like in positions where we can be exposed to stuff. Holy shit. Um, well, especially prisons. Yeah, it's been that story for another day. But yeah. <laughs> so. They, they were called and they're, they're really gung ho. Like, well, we want to be able to help. Like, you know, we can go stay if, if there's, you know, um, if you guys need childcare, if you know, you can't send her to daycare or so on and so forth, which is such a lovely gesture from them. But I said, but that I'm, I'm actually not concerned about my parents getting us sick. Right. I'm really concerned about you getting, getting something sick. and giving it to my folks. Yeah. So yeah. we've kind of had that chat. And I mean, my daughter right now is, um, she's actually at, uh, my in-laws, uh, with my wife and they're, they're doing a visit there. And then, um, at the end of the weekend, she's going to go and have a visit with my parents and they're going to get some time with the granddaughter. And then realistically, like, we're going to see how it goes, but we are saying like, realistically, like this bubble nonsense is, um, kind of a moot point. If I'm in a room with, you know, another 30 kids, cause it's all the people they've interacted with. Uh, coming in and then we've got daycare to think about like our daycare provider, her elderly mother-in-law lives, lives with her. Um, so we've got precautions there to be cautious of. And it, yeah. it, it comes to a point that like a lot of colleagues I talked to today are having like last visits with their parents, with their kids and saying like, realistically, it might be a while before you get to see them. And I hope it's not the case. I, I hope all goes well. I really do. I hope the plan works. Um, I, I would love it if it did, but yeah, I think the, I think the reality is we're going to go backwards really quick. Right. And I think it's going to be for a longer period of time. It's not going to be nice weather like the summer kind of saved us in terms of the heat. Like we know the sun helps with coronavirus and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, all that vitamin I, D. Yeah, I think it's going to no, be a different. No, it's, no it, it's not vitamin D. It's the proximity. You're forcing everybody indoors. Like how are the bars going to make money? <clears throat> They won't. They're going to go out of business. Like that's and well, that's they the, are. They, it's, they yeah. are going out of business. They're saying like fifty percent of restaurants are going to sh- uh, close up shop permanently. Probably like it, it's insane. Well, the thing about the restaurant business is that they operate, from what I understand, they operate on such a thin margin. Uh, the profit margins between what they like their expenses and what they're actually generating for profit, like for them to be told. Um, you have to cut your business in half. It, it's it's a it's a death sentence. It's death yeah, sentence for for restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The minimum wage increase was threatening enough to their profit margins yeah. like a year or two ago. Well, yeah. that's that's a little different, but let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. 
now you're going to get into whiskey's territory and he'll <laughs> defend it. He'll defend it with his life. <laughs> um, you might wake up with your, your throat slit. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's graphic. That's graphic. We're a family show. Remember? <laughs> no, we're not. We're a fucking drinking show. <laughs> oh, okay. So, no, but, 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 but no, it, go, it goes, it goes into that piece. Like, Oh, it's, uh, We'll see a definite transition of what's going on, and we know it's not. It's it's, it's going to be a while before we we can do it. But but I, I think we just maybe shift the conversation and saying we have invasive species in our in our ecosystems. We have now viruses that are we we're having trouble controlling, um, like. Are we ever going to go back to uh, to business as usual? I kind of hope not. So, I, but I mean, there's good that's come out of this, there, and there's a whole bunch of bad stuff. Like, um, so, so I, I I put that as are we, are we ever going to be the same? Are we ever going to go back? And some of the other literature, if you if you think about it, is is the like when we start doing something for longer than 21 days, we, we create new habits. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how are businesses, schools, social norms going to transform? Like, you know, do you, is your Tinder photo with a mask on? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> tell you what, I tell you what, some interesting. I was going to home Depot the other day or yesterday. And, uh, I got out of the truck, was walking towards the start, forgot my mask, ran back to the truck, and I was passing by a, another gentleman, and he just kind of laughed at me, and I just said, every fucking time. And he's just like, yep, me too. And it's like we had an unspoken kind of agreement. It's like, yep, we're we're at the point now where we're, we're doing that transition where we have to remember our mask to go back into the store. And I don't know how many hap- how many times that happens in a day, uh, just within my area of people who are just like, oh, fuck, I forgot my mask. And they have to go back to the truck. That, you know, that 21 times or 21 days of doing that, it might get a little bit better, but who knows. But at the same time, it's like that is going to be the new norm. And that is something that has been really like – I never would have thought in my lifetime, like I used to see footage of people in like Hong Kong and China who were wearing masks, but it was due to the smog, due to the pollution and all that kind of stuff. And I said, that could never happen here. And I had the, like I had the audacity to to say that. And then all of a sudden that's where we're at. That's where we're now. And it's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird transition to find ourselves in in this society, like right now. It's just so weird. I kid well, you not. As, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say, I kid you not. I was saying I, it, uh, it. Not all at once. There's a lag. You can go ahead. <laughs> go, Rick. Go. Oh. Um. Yeah, I actually taught a lesson in a class last fall about SARS in Toronto, in like. Was it 2003, maybe 2004? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and the kids, like I, I, I talked about it in a way that like, yeah, a few people wore masks around Toronto and it was a very localized thing and it wasn't that big a deal. And the cool part about it for me was at the end of it, I got to go see the Rolling Stones and ACDC. That's right. And the kid, well, it was weird because it, 
A, I figured out how long ago it was because the kids were saying, actually, um, we were born during SARS. And so the kids were talking about um, most of their parents have stories that their fathers couldn't hold them when they were first born because they had to go into the NICUs for about six hours of observation beforehand. And like every one of them has had this conversation with their fathers about it. And and like such a weird time that it was. And I was like, yeah, that's probably never going to happen again. That's crazy. And fast forward a year. And it, and it's so it's so bizarre now how weird it would be to walk into a building without a mask on. Yeah. Like even to go into a friend's house if they're in your bubble is kind of weird. Yeah. So well, I was standing I, outside I, I, I of was a- actually saying. So I, I I definitely avoid stores and other building like work. Um, so I went into work the other day and they're like, we haven't seen you before. Who are you? Because I had two days. I had never been to the place that I was working. In how because, many days? So, so eight months. Eight months. Wow. So because all my travel beforehand, then we stopped and then I just didn't go places like you. You understand, I, I grow half my food. I go to Home Depot with a mask That was and Costco. Those are the two places I went. But going to work with a mask was still is still weird. Like, like trying to work with people with a mask on is, is something that it is still very foreign to me. Like my staff wear masks, but, you know, I was just following the recommendations. So I, I never wore a mask. <laughs> yeah. So it's just weird because it's like my house, right? So it's, it, it's just... It's just weird. It's so weird to me. Well, imagine being six years old or five years old and going to kindergarten and you can't see the mouth of your teacher. So you can't tell if your teacher's smiling. You like even just language development, right? You're not going to see their mouth moving to form the words and the sounds as you're learning to read. Like all kinds of weird Like a whole generation of kids that becomes like acutely aware of eye movement. Yeah. Based on like just reading the expression in somebody else's eyes, and then they can I, oh, they can I tell whether my, co- my comment now. Hey, yeah, it took a pandemic to get Quebec to accept face coverings. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have cognac here to defend his honor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. He'll probably say something like, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's you're right. Do, do we start changing our eye movement in order to, to change expression? Do we act more surprised with our eyes? Because You know why we have whites in our eyes, right? Like how we evolved with whites in our eyes as opposed to other animals who don't have whites in their eyes? Just so that we can track our track each other's movement so we can know what we're up to. Like, that's why we have whites in our eyes, so you can actually track the eye movement of another individual. It's it's actually pretty crazy how we've evolved. Post anyway. a link. Post a Post link. A link? You need proof? Uh-oh. <laughs> <I> need proof. <laughs> All right. Well, like, I'll put it the question to you. Like, how, uh, Rick, like, how does that... Like, like that's got to be a, a surreal experience. Like how how are kids going to evolve over time with this this thing going on? I don't know. I I mean, in one sense, maybe that like they'll become better listeners. I hope. But um, 
in the other sense, like I, I work with a lot of kids who, you know, have learning disabilities and things like that, that are going to be uh, extremely challenging because a lot of their, you know, intelligence comes from reading others. If like, uh, there's a lot of compensation, if kids can't read text, well, they'll read the body language of others, right. In in terms of figuring out um, what, what the message is and so on and so forth. So I'm really concerned about those kids. Like there, there are a lot of kids that are going to be able to like figure it out. They come from good families. They're, they're supported. Uh, they have everything they need to learn, but there are a lot of kids that, I mean, disappeared when the school closed, right? Like there, there were kids that, you know, we were emailing back and forth and teachers were concerned about because we'd feed them two or their three meals a day at the school through different food programs and things like that. And the school shuts down and we're like, well, geez, how are these kids getting food? Like, can we check in? Um, kids that magically, you know, moved halfway across the province um, when the school shut down because their living situations change and they're, they're, they're so transient to begin with. So those are the kids. And then we, we throw in a lot of living disabilities and things as well. Those are the kids that I think are going to be the most at risk during all of this because their ability to adapt, um, even just as simple as having a mask on when you're teaching, it's really going to throw them off. And, you know, good luck getting a kid with ADHD to sit for five hours and uh, listen to your lessons and do their work, right? Without being able to go to gym class and burn off their energy or, or whatever. Or, you know, put something else in a hand sanitizer bottle that isn't hand sanitizer or, you know, like any number of different things. It's just yeah. kids are... Kids are little shitheads. I know we told them. I talked talked about it at the beginning, like our our precious little minds. But at the end of the day, they're just little human beings without filters. Is <laughs> 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 what, what the fuck are you doing, whiskey? <laughs> He's changed his background again. I posted. Uh, I posted. Oh, the, white of his a, eyes. I did a quick Google search. <laughs> quick Google search on the whites of our eyes. Uh, why we have the whites in our eyes says the white of the eye or the sclera to give its technical name is the opaque protective layer that encloses the entire eyeball apart from the transparent cornea at the front of the eye. But in humans, our eyes may have evolved a white sclera since it made it easier oh, to see which direction oh, we're oh, looking stop, in. Stop, 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 stop. May. Oh, for God's sakes. Still Not everything theory. has to be pinpoint precise. They don't know. It's just a theory. May. <sighs> evolution is just a theory. Yeah. No, why don't you go back? A, why don't you go back to believe in Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> evolution is a fact. Uh, not in the caste the system. It's not. Not according to the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you're in. You're in the public system, right? Or are you in the cat? Who do no, we I'm know in the public system. You're yeah. in the public. Do we know somebody who's in the Catholic system? I feel like we do. Well, maybe not. Anyway. I don't know. Tangent. I'm chasing squirrels again. No, technically they're both public systems because they both get money from the school. Those money the same. Se separate system. <laughs> separate yes. system, but still publicly funded. <laughs> Even though yes. half of them are named public school, but yes. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to add levity to the situation. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fair. That's fair. It says eyes with the white sclera are rare upon 
rare among the other great have another one rocks jesus eyes with the white sclera are rare among the other great apes this may be yes keyword may maybe because their societies are less cooperative and it's more important to hide the direction of gaze from each other so as not to give away the location of food for instance so that way you can tell if somebody's lying or you know, you can tell what they're aiming at. You can tell what they're... Got, got, poker was an evolutionary trait. No. Yes. <laughs> Their poker face. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry to get off track. I forgot where we're going with this, but... No, uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> no, I think... Uh, I Well, I, I, I think we got pretty much what we can. I mean... The way that the discussion has gone, it sounds like there's a lot of doom and gloom. But at the end of the day, we we don't really have a choice. Like we do have to adapt and overcome. We do have to figure out a way to forge forward. And despite the fact that you may not agree with the way that our province in particular is handling the situation, at least they're doing something. I mean, it sucks that the classroom sizes are a major issue and that needs to be fixed. But I think that's an actual fixable problem as opposed to um, trying to deal with that X factor like I spoke about at the beginning of the podcast of you don't know what the fuck kids are going to do. But you can you can limit the amount of kids that like you can put money into infrastructure to build more schools. Can you not? Or. Like is there that's is, is that a whole so other the, what's that all the schools that I, all the schools in my area and the two different counties that I travel in are all have expansion projects. Okay. Um, so there's that going on. You can use that as a major infrastructure project to help uh, bolster the economy. So if you look at trying to trying to gain traction on that side, is you can use that to to try and get more jobs. So you can start start surging the economy. Right. Um, I'm not going after Ford here today, um, but the the point being is that there there was there was like a 28 billion dollar you know infrastructure glut in the province for schools. Um, that might be something to look at. Um, we're in an interesting situation, so I agree. But at least I can say. At least, this is not an endorsement of the situation at all. The school boards has set up freedom of choice for people because I have my my letter written for for homeschooling for the last six months. That's good. And I do like that bit. Like when I was reading through the Ontario.ca website, where it says, uh, "What was it uh, about voluntary?" In-person attendance is voluntary. For both elementary and secondary students, in-person school attendance will be optional for the 2021 school year um, so that parents can make decisions that work for their children and family. And I think that is actually pretty key. You do have to have some sort of flexibility built into this plan. As long as there is something that is available for every type of different situation, whether you have to work, um, and you really don't have a choice in order to uh, to generate income uh, to to provide for your family, or whether or not you kind of you can you can pull back a bit and you can work from home and your kids can do their thing from home as well. Like there's a little bit of flexibility built in. Like I I do appreciate that, 
Um, but the subtle, it's the, it's, it's the, the devil will be in the details for how this actually gets uh, implemented. And it's just, it's going to be, I think it's going to be up to individual parents. It's going to be up to individual people to kind of solve their own problems at the local level. And hopefully they have the, the backing of their school boards, the backing of their communities to actually just, um, to, to, I don't know, to provide the resources necessary. I hope, I hope, but you know, you can, you know, well, what's the saying? You can put, fill hopes and dreams in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up faster. So that's, that's my wrap up, my summary. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, you got anything? Rick James, you you got anything you want to put in the bag? <laughs> uh, I would say like the, the one the one thing I do like about the plan is that uh, from day one, teachers and students have to set up what it will look like if schools close on day two, um, and that was mm. the piece that was really missing with the shutdown in March. Granted. Nobody knew about it until Thursday night uh, before it happened, right? Um, so, and I, I think that that's what created a lot of the problem was kids didn't know how to access information. Like they didn't know what platforms are being used by teachers. Some teachers didn't know how to use a digital platform uh, because their courses didn't need it. And so that, I think that's the underlying part of the plan that maybe hasn't been brought up enough is that like day three, this could all fall apart and they could shut it down and we could go to remote learning and we'll be set up for that this time, which I think is right. important. And I don't think this will be the last plan. Like I, I do foresee another shutdown happening. And I think that how this goes, it's going to help, as you mentioned about an X factor, I think it's going to help inform us of what the next plan needs to be. And if it ultimately comes down to, you know what, the class size thing didn't work, maybe they will actually concede that and move forward. Or maybe we're wrong. I would love it if we're wrong and maybe this is fine and we're actually in class for the entire school year. Yeah. I doubt it, but how great would that be? Yeah. Uh, like, it's not like I'm rooting for this plan to fail. I just, I, I kind of see where it's going, I think, but I hope I'm wrong. So you think that there's going to be another shutdown? I, I, I can't see how there won't be. Yeah. Going into colder weather, everyone's going to be back inside. You well, can't flu it. season is going to be approaching actual flu season as opposed to just the corona shit that we've been dealing with. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's the thing is just remember you can get uh, you, your system could be uh, there could be multiple multiple viral attacks. Okay, so this one the the the, the coronavirus diminishes you, then you have the cold and flu on top of it all, yeah. and so. You have to look at just think of the the the, the reporting, right? So we're gonna have uh, is it is a death associated with the flu or is it the same with the corona? But he had coronas, but he and he died. Is it is the flu that killed him or the corona that killed him? That's a question so, for the medical system that I'm actually interested in. That's one question. The other question is, what do you do about kids who are asymptomatic who don't show symptoms? Yep. And when, when's the last time you had a cold, right? With all this isolation and all the mask wearing, when's the last I time you had a cold? Know, so right? What, what's your immune system doing? And then we're going to dump a thousand people in the same building and yeah. see what happens. On, on the best of days, every fall, there's a couple waves of colds that run through a school, right? Like yeah. usually it's end of September and there's another one in November. 
that kind of rocks everybody and mm. everyone's got the sniffles and, but what's that like when you haven't been close enough to get a cold from somebody? Yeah. Like school schools are just like breeding grounds for fucking super viruses. Oh yeah. And that's what that's, I think in my, like the way I think it sounds like it's a, uh, like anytime my wife went back to go and, um, and teach to go and do, um, placements and that kind of stuff and do substitute teaching anytime she went back she would always come back with some virus like some cold or whatever and i would get the worst fucking colds like talk about man cold it's like man cold on steroids and like the women love to laugh at us for the the man cold but i actually think that the man cold is a real thing that uh, that we actually compromise so much harder than than women. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, the, but she would always go. She would go, and then she wouldn't have any symptoms, but she would bring back some fucking super virus, and I would be out for a couple of days. Like it would be nuts. So I'm just imagining what's going to happen. Like you said, yeah, absolutely. When when the kids haven't been, you know, they haven't been exposed to each other. And they haven't been going around and eating dirt and picking their noses and wiping their, you know, wiping their fucking hands all over the playground bars and all that kind of shit. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. Sorry, man. I was just playing. I was just laughing because uh, the slideshow that they have the review is 526 slides. What is this? This is warfare. something. You, oh, this is something you're doing for work. That sounds terrible. Oh yeah, it totally is. Here, don't don't do. Okay, for yeah. anybody out there who has to provide slideshows for their uh, for their bosses, if you have five hundred <laughs> slides for your fucking oh slide deck, God. you've gone too far. No, that's, that that was the review. <laughs> that's the review. Yeah. Oh Jesus. That's the pain I went through. This is what they actually mean by death by PowerPoint. Oh my God. That is terrible. Yeah, there's three of them. <laughs> who's who's done this? This is I silly. Did. You did this. Yeah. You created this? I no, I survived it. Oh, you survived it. Oh God. Yeah. yeah but anyways, that's I was looking for the reference for the uh, the piece, but it's so big it uh, OneDrive doesn't want to load it. <laughs> uh, okay. You guys are saved by the limitations of my bandwidth. I, d I think people don't have enough awareness of PowerPoint. They don't understand how PowerPoint is a tool that augments your presentation. It does not save your presentation. That's all it is. Yeah, anyway. That's my other tangent. My other squirrel chase. Now you're chasing squirrels for me. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. Like no, my wife and I, we're really lucky right now because we've got, you know, a two and a half year old and we got a nine month old going on 10 months old. And uh, and so we're actually fairly lucky right now. We can we can wait for the school system to kind of open. It also so happens that my wife happens to run a, a small business from our home um, so she can be here with the kids as a as a worst case scenario with uh without you know help from parents and all that kind of stuff but there's also but they like they still are missing that 
that, you know, social aspect of being able to go to daycare and associate with other kids and, you know, and push and shove and understanding how human behavior work. Like they don't understand it at that level, but that's basically what they're getting in education. It's like, don't take my fucking toy, man. Like that's, that's what kids learn at that early age. It's like, don't take my toy or learn to share because that's equally important. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, we, we had a hard time getting our daughter acclimated with daycare. Um, her first day of daycare was actually the, the day they closed the schools. So she went for precisely two half days. And then, uh, like, it, it's hard to kind of fathom, like, back when things really hit the fan in March and we didn't know what was going on. Like, yeah. I, I remember just, like, being home with my daughter and, like, having the news on in the background all day. Like, just trying to, like, understand what was going on more than anything. And we were like, well, we can't send her to daycare right now. Then our daycare shut down for a while and so on. Um, So she's had somebody home with her, a parent giving her like full attention for almost 18 months. Right. And she's had a hell of a time getting acclimated with daycare and and understanding the other kids. And like she she likes other kids, but she like when there were another four of them there, she was completely overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And it was interesting because the daycare lady was like, well, the, the way we would normally fix this is you would come into the daycare with her and just like sit there and she would see that it's a safe place and you're not freaking out. But given the circumstances, she comes in, she gets her temperature checked. We're at the door wearing masks and Mm -hmm. away she goes. And this strange lady has her all of a sudden, right? Like that, that was another thing. That was the same thing we have with our son. Like all of a sudden we had to take him to a couple of appointments because we're dealing with speech therapy. We also had to talk, uh, talk to a couple of dentists to because de- we thought he was tongue tied for a while because he's not talking like he's making sounds and he's 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 saying consonant sounds and he's repeating everything we're saying. But he's not or sorry, he's not saying consonant sounds. So, like, you know, I'll say airplane and he go eh, hey and like he, he doesn't really say too many consonant sounds so we 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 thought there was something wrong you know we tried we've tried speech therapy with him and all kinds of different stuff and uh but tubes? at a certain point you, you have tubes to, in his ear what's that you might need tubes in his ears well and he takes it after you oh thank you Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but anyway, but you would have to take him to certain appointments. And during that time period, like uh, the first time uh, my wife was explaining, like um, she all she got him out of the car and then she put on a mask and all of a sudden mommy's totally different. And like something's not right here. And then you take him to the appointment and he just flips out and just like nothing's right here. Everything is wrong. And so. The next time I took him to an appointment and I said, okay, we're going to play a game. And I'd put the mask on, then I'd take it off. Then I'd put it on, then I'd take it off. Then I'd put it on again and take it off. To a point where he's just like, okay, it's a game. Everything's okay. He's just wearing a mask, no problem. And then he walked into a room which was covered by fucking, like, you're in a dentist's office. So, like, people's mouths are exposed to the world, all that kind of shit. And, like, the kid, I couldn't believe the amount of courage the kid had. Like, they had TVs and stuff in there, which was kind of, it was pretty good. So they could put, like, stuff on the TV. But they had toys and all that kind of thing. So I brought a toy in for him. And, like, he sat at the chair. He saw these people, these random strangers come into the room. Imagine the terror he must have felt. But, like, I just sat there and it's like, it's, everything's going to be okay. And, like, he's just, 
he's just kind of fixated on everybody's got a mask, but it's okay because daddy made it okay. And then all of a sudden they're poking into his mouth and like they're just trying to check his teeth. They're trying to check to see if he's tongue tied and like he's pouting, but he's not screaming. And like the fucking little trooper, I'm so proud of the kid for actually going through with that. And I was just like, I said it right in front of the dentist. Like, hey, all right, we're all done. We're going to go get Timbits now. <laughs> like, yeah. I was hey, super proud of like, do the worst thing you possibly can fill the kid with, pull, fill the kid's mouth full of sugar and stuff. But, um, but like, I was so proud of him for having actually gone through that experience. But at the same time, it's just like, that's what kids nowadays have to go through. Like, this is, this is their life hey, so, now. So, 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 uh, rocks. So with my daughter, with her immune dis- disorder, I've been doing this since she was eight, two years old. She's nine right. now. Right. And remember, and th- I was doing pandemic protocols before the pandemic. That's right. Um, so what you did was right, um, but there's a there's an approach that I think you should should hear is that I, I went before the school board, and they were telling me that all the things that were wrong with my daughter, and I got three degrees, and I'm probably gonna get one, a few more by the time I'm I'm, I'm fifty. And I looked at them. I said they're telling me all the things she couldn't do. And I looked at him and I said, learning does not stop at 18. So you have, the, the point is, is that you have time and we forget. Like we, there's, a, there's, a, there's an emphasis on production, not necessarily quality. And uh, Rick will tell you about the quality of education versus production. And I met many, many um senior educators that talked about like maybe maybe we, we, we have a system that's designed wrong and how we, we 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 do performance measurement of our children versus the quality of education they have like I have a, a pretty good memory of many things all the way through like kindergarten all the way up to high school but not everybody has that type of memory system um so the quality of education, what makes it memorable, is re- really matters, and how we grow from it. So, like, I, I don't think your kid rem- like was really happy about being prodded in the mouth, but I think they remember that your di- the dad was there and how he 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 made it okay. There's an uh, an emotional quotient lesson in there, totally. and how he, he he grew from it. Yeah, so, totally. May I'll pass over to Rick James and his opinion on that. But you realize that, again, it doesn't stop at 18. There's a, there's an obligation to learn beyond that. No, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I would agree. Like I've uh, I've spent a fair bit of time in some very specialized uh, special education rooms. And like uh, in those cases, like kids are there till they're 21. Um uh, like rooms for uh, children with autism, like complex needs, that kind of thing. And yeah, like uh, absolutely. I think there, and sometimes those milestones are so are achieved so much later in life. Right. Like it, uh, but at the same time, like I, I can't imagine the frustration you must've felt with your little guy in there that how different would that experience have been if, the masks weren't there and, you know, the people poking and prodding were smiling and able to, you know, 
he'd have the chance to see that, Hey, they're being friendly and, and dad doesn't seem scared and like be able to read that full face rather than like, why is everyone in this mask? Um, yeah, there was a lot of talking, talking to him, coaching him through it. There was definitely a lot of that. But I mean, even pre-pandemic, you would have had some of those people coming in with masks on anyways, because very true. that's just yeah. that was the that was the protocol beforehand, especially when you go into, you know, one of those rooms with the, you know, the dentist showing up. But now it's just like everybody's wearing it at all times. But hold on here. So, so you need to understand, too. I'm going to pull out my psychology textbook from uh, 101. It talks about the child development cycle and how at age two and a half, let's say we'll push him. Maybe he's he's like rocks. He's a little more advanced than everybody else because he's touchy feely. Um, let's push him <laughs> age three. Like they can't they can't discern facial expression from their mouth anyway. The fact that the the only thing they can discern is that there's a lack of stimulation there, and I think that that proposed that poses the 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 issue. So, like between one and five, their ability to discern what is going on, in the, on as a facial expression is actually quite limited until they reach five years old. Sorry. So what is it, so what is it stimulated by more so by sound and like how is that? What do you mean? No, they can't differentiate. They can't differentiate. On facial okay. expressions, they cannot differ- differentiate. Oh, but really? You, you smile at your child, like your toddler, and they'll smile back. Yeah. Yeah, if but there's, there's usually most people <laughs> yeah. do a sound associate. Uh, most people do a sound with it, right? And they're more reactive to sound, not necessarily the facial expression. But my toddler yeah. will do something, or you know, he'll he's constantly looking for a reaction, whether or not. He's done something that we can see or not. You know, he'll he'll do something that he might seem proud of. He'll clap his hands and he'll look at us and say and go like, ah, and like clap. And we'll he'll wait for us to clap for him just to say that we approve of his action. You know, like that. Kind yeah, of stuff I know. Happens I know. I'm just talking time. about facial. Ex- I'm just talking about facial expressions because okay, you're talking okay. about the mask and how it covers things like there's right. other stimulation. There's auditory. There's other visual cues that are associated with it, and mm. like my 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 kid with only half a brain, uh, um, he 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 associated things with rhythm, tone, and mood. So he's he's two uh. and, or three now, but he can he, like he understands rhythm to the T. Like wow. most kids at three can't determine like we will we will rock you like right. He understands the difference between how hard you hit and the different sounds. Uh-huh. Um, so there's uh, there's other cues in there that are very complex um, that some people don't develop. And I'm just 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 I'm not knocking your experience. You, you no, man, no, that's if, that's, you're, that's if you're sticking it, up. That's your, fascinating. I will stick like you're sticking up for your kid as a dad. Fuck man, just do it. There's so many stupid dads out there that knock on their kids. Um, and, uh, listen, they've, I've been in hospitals where they're trying to call security on me. So that's how much you, you should stick up for your kid and you yeah. should not tolerate inco- uh, really bad service at a hospital. But what I'm saying is, is just balance what you're expect what you're learning from the experience needs to be tempered with what the child age bracket is. Right. Cause you might be, you might, you might be interpreting one result and what are we talking about? 
the eye whites may indicate something. What you're seeing might be a false attribution error. And there's a little bit of ability to validate these things. And um, and, and that goes into a lot of things that, we, we, that Rick, uh, Rick James will be encountering. It's like, what is that effect going to be when now... <clears throat> The child are listen are focused on the the movement to determine what the vowel sounds the sounds are going to be versus just an auditory, and we know left brain people versus left right brain people actually have a differing ability to to understand based on those cues. Hmm. Um, but uh, sorry, I talked a lot there. Maybe Rick, you can you could probably in, inject yourself on that one. No, I think you're good. I think it's it, it makes sense. Um, but I I think that kind of to piggyback on that is going to be the interesting challenge for like educators to adapt their models based on like simple things as like faces are covered or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, just the ability to do what they do. Like think of uh, like rocks, your, your wife has done kindergarten before and like, think of the effort. I can't think of a more terrifying job than to deal with kindergartners. Um, <laughs> Now it's like Darth Vader is teaching my kindergartners because these are all everyone. All the teachers are fucking wearing masks. It's yeah. Like I, I taught night school with a guy who taught twelve U physics at night school. Um, <laughs> like the 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 least nurturing kind of teacher you would run into, right? Like this guy is a brain. Like he he is smart, and then he took a, an LTO teaching kindergarten. Oh my God. <laughs> and so every week we were like, so you got to tell us like, how is this going? And he's like, well, um, we went outside for uh, recess and that took 45 minutes to get ready. <laughs> and he's like, did you know five-year-olds can't do zippers on their coats? And we're like, I guess. And he's like, yeah, I don't have kids. Like this isn't my, this isn't my wheelhouse. So I, I cannot imagine uh, like kindergarten and like primary teachers are like wizards in how they do what they do. And like, if you oh. think back to your primary school teachers, like this, the stuff that they did with the number of kids that they did. And then I can't imagine a being terrified about like kids getting sick and all of that jazz, but just with the physical barriers of now oh, what yeah. they have to work with. See, here's here's how I would do it. Oh it no no no! Let me go on that one. Like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, like bring the toy back to the carpet, bring the toy back to the carpet. Like that's what that's how I envision it would be. But it's like, no, I'm like, that's I not how the, kids I live are. In that world, I live in that world. Remember, I got the nannies. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and they'd be like, so 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 so. Remember, I got the kids, and I have the nannies, right? And yeah. they have there's there's like so. Whiskey, we have a problem. What's that? Well, we can't get him to do this. I look at my kid. I, I raise the finger. Go. <laughs> and just that fear of daddy saying, go, they go and do it. But so, yeah, that took that took a long time to no, get no. that down, right? Oh, so my kid, my kids, weeks. my kids, and just remember, my kids are all delayed. Okay, right. it's all how you approach the problem. Right. Okay, so my kid soiled himself. And you understand that when your kid soils himself, poo is, is one of those things where you just don't fuck around with. Pee, on the other hand, in a diaper is, is something like, I got this. 
So, like my kid, go change your diaper. And he looks at me, and they go. And you're like, wow. You know, they they can do that? I'm like, yes. They're like, that. they think it's a freak thing. I'm like, it's my second kid. Go change your diaper. Hmm. <laughs> and they go. So, it, it, it becomes like that relationship where they... You, you teach them what you expect from them, and then they learn. And, and you know, I'm not the most caring, feeling guy in the world. Okay, we all know that. Um, but it, it, <laughs> say it ain't so. <laughs> you point your finger at your kid and tell them to go change their diaper. <laughs> you stink. Go. <laughs> or, or as my kid, or as my kid says, e u, <laughs> as in p u. Yeah, yeah. It's until they funny. stick their hand in and start writing on the walls. Oh, <laughs> well, I haven't had that experience yet. Yet, I'm worried about it with our daughter. She's gonna, she's gonna be the one to watch for for that kind of thing. I can't she believe becomes, she's already walking. Oh my god, ten months and she started walking. Crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts, and she's just. She's got so much bloody personality about her. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> anyway, okay, so I think uh, we've exhausted <laughs> all the intelligent conversation we were going to have. Uh, we should probably start wrapping up, eh? Oh, yeah, uh, I think so. What yeah, you, Rick? So. Is there anything you want to add? Nah, good. Uh, good? Yeah, just hope everyone makes it alive. I think we'll, I think, you know yeah, what? So, Go ahead, Whiskey. So I'll wrap up here if that's okay. I, I think the bottom line is we talked about really the plan. And I think really, the plan is really interesting, but it's overshadowed by a great deal of uncertainty. And as uh, Rox brought up quite effectively, which is a rare occurrence. I know, right? Marxist. Nailed it. Hey, uh, fuck <laughs> off with that Marxist shit. <laughs> um, that all all plans fail with first contact with the enemy. And really, it's a virus. And polit- viruses don't abide by geopolitical boundaries. They don't abide by rules. They don't abide by policies. They just exist. What we do know is there's going to be risk associated with everyone that leaves their house. Um, And parents need to make the choice to feed their kids. Kids need to learn. They need to grow. And because what really is at stake is our future. And if our future is at stake as as, as a country, we need to make positive choices that are in the best interest of society. Okay? And we can't... And coming from whiskey here, with all my risk, is that we need to make the best choices for the country. Um, and uh, you can infer between my comments of, of the country and communists that there's, there, there, there's some ch- hard choices to be made there. And we really don't know what the outcome is going to be. But we, the, pro, the, the thing is, is like the red-green show is we're in it together and we need to solve it together and that's the only way we're going to get through this alive. So, uh, Rox, any other closing things you want to add? 
No, that works out. We're all in this together. I like the red-green reference. That's good. Yeah, so uh, there's nothing else. Uh, I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. And uh, thanks again, Rick James, for joining us. I look forward to maybe an update in the future to see how uh, things are going uh, throughout the school year. Because I imagine this will be very important information for anybody uh, listening who's got kids. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks for coming again. This is uh, this is a real treat, real pleasure. Yeah. Always fun. So yeah, so you stop. You can un- undo the record there, big guy. All right. See you all next week. So this tune came on the radio while I was out for a drive after having recorded this episode. And based on the tone of our recording that we aimed for, one more so to prepare yourselves and be brave about everything that's going on, this tune was just too good to pass up. The track you are currently listening to is Bruce Dickinson's 1976 hit, I Gotta Have More Cowbell, Baby. Uh, Well, not really. It's actually Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult great track you all know it prepare yourselves for the coming months all i gotta say that and i gotta have more cowbell baby don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of whiskey and rocks whether it's stitcher spotify itunes google play or wherever you get your podcasts you can help us out even more if you spread the word and share us on facebook and follow us on twitter we are at whiskey and rocks one the link is in the description thanks again for listening Stay tuned for more 320 Club. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, You all know that Rick James is dead. Just want to make that clear. Just want to make that abundantly clear. This is not the actual Rick James. Okay, good. Glad we got that.